0: Welcome to the Worldwide Golf Shop's Insider Podcast. Hello everyone, Tom Purcell here. Thanks so much for joining us. We say it probably just about every time. If you're a first-time listener, long-time subscriber, or maybe somewhere in the middle, it really doesn't matter. We are just glad you are here. Great day to be here with us, too. Our special guest joins us courtesy of Cleveland on Golf. He has 11 tour wins worldwide, most notably the 2011 PGA Championship and most recently the 2022 Zozo Championship. Again, brought to us by Cleveland on Golf, Mr. Keegan Bradley. Keegan, thanks so much. Great to have you with us, my friend. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Our listeners tell us, Keegan, over the years that they really love hearing how the best players in the world like you guys got like you got your start in the game. I mean, some have a, you know, grandfather, father and uh, uh you were a skier but you had a you had a golf family. Didn't you talk about that?
1: Yeah, I did. I um, you know, I grew up in Vermont, so for six months of the year we had you know, I could I couldn't play golf or maybe a little less than that. So I skied in the winter and then as soon as the snow started to melt, I couldn't wait to get my golf clubs out and and play and my dad was a um a club pro and you know my aunt pat was is a hall of fame lpga tour player who i idolized and just worshiped growing up and then also on my mom's side of the family <clears throat> my grandfather was um a really great player he won a bunch of state amateurs and, and stuff like that so i grew up around great players my whole life
0: I was going to ask you about the relationship with your aunt Pat. I mean, certainly a LPGA star, a World Golf Hall of Famer. Was it? Did you suck knowledge out of her? Did she give you advice? Share a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I. She was just I just idolized every single thing she did. I I would get to go watch her play one or two tournaments a year, and I would just stare at her walking down the fairways. I'd get there, you know, I'd want to know when she would start her warm up so I could be right there on the range, watch every shot. Um, and you know, having, just knowing that somebody in my family had, you know, done this and not only done it, but one of the best to ever do it, it always, I always felt like I had a little advantage over everybody. it was just, uh, it was such a cool thing to, to do and know that we've experienced a lot of the same things that not a lot of people do. And, um. I just can't say enough about her and what she meant to me in my career.
0: Probably a little bit of the, like you said, the mental toughness edge, right? Something that uh, a lot of people have to learn, and you kind of maybe got some of that inherently.
1: I, I hope. I, I hope I have one tenth of what she had. She, she. I, I always tell the story that I'd go. I was a lot younger, and i'd I'd always get myself in position where you know, like where she's walking from a from a green to a tee. And in between the ropes and I'd try to get her attention and she would never seem to so dialed in. She'd walk straight, you know, straight past me. She was just so, she never even saw me. And I always remembered that thinking like how dialed in, how focused, how, you know, determined that she was. And, um, you know, I'm lucky to have someone like that in my family.
0: Talk about the college game, Keegan, you're St. John's, correct?
1: Yeah, I mean, I grew up in New England and I was a, I was a pretty good player. and won a, you know, a good amount of tournaments in New England, but that doesn't uh, mean much to the, to the big boy school. So, you know, I, I didn't have that many offers, um, out of high school uh, to go play college and Frank Darby at St. John's, I came in for a visit and we were sitting around the table and I was with my dad and he, we said, so what sort of offer, you know, would St. John's willing to offer myself to go there? And he said, we'd love to give him a full scholarship and we kind of played it cool. Like, you know, we've been getting these offers all along, but we, when, once we left the room, we were like high five in, you know, I, I would have signed the papers right there. And um it was just uh you know, again, it was just, you know, I didn't have a long season. I didn't have the near the facilities that the that uh you know, the big schools had. And I think that sort of played into my whole upbringing and my whole, I mean, my path to PGA tour is, different than 99.9% of the guys out there. And that, that left me another little chip on my shoulder. And I met some people along the way at St. John's that, you know, helped, helped me get to where I am.
0: Yeah. Talk about that. You mentioned that journey from like 08 to, to 10 when you're working your way. Was it the, I think the Hooters tour and then some nationwide? Share a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So I, I turned pro at the Vermont Open. It was my first tournament. Um, in 2000, I guess it would have been 2008, the end of the summer there, after school ended. And, you know, I, I played some local state opens, and I remember I made a $1,000 in my first Vermont Open, and I, I just couldn't believe it. Like, I, I, I couldn't believe that I was getting money now for playing. It was just surreal. Like, I, rem- just, I remember that check more than probably any of them in my life. And um I went to tour school that year. I didn't get through. Um So I went and played a year on the Hooters tour, and which were four day tournaments with thirty six hole cut, you know, a, a real schedule where you had to, you know, travel. And I drove to every tournament, but and then that year I went to tour school and I got I I was in position to get my card on the backside. I mean it was the first, you know, the cameras came out, and so that's when you know you were right there. And um I ended up missing my card by two, which was a bummer at the time, but I was sort of relieved. I, I really thought that I needed a year on the Nationwide at least. At the time, it was Nationwide. It's corn Ferry. now. And you know, I went out that year and finished um, 14th on the money list and got my scorecard. card.
0: Yeah, and the 11 was certainly something very, very special. Certainly in Atlanta. I'm sure you've got some great thoughts about that. The Atlanta Athletic Club PGA Championship. I don't know if you knew it at the time, but uh, you were in some pretty elite company winning your first ever major you played in.
1: Um I, the the advantage that I had over everybody was, and this is a, true for all rookies. Every tournament was a major for me that year. Every single tournament I teed it up in, whether it was the Sony, Tory, the PGA Championship, they were all majors. So, but, you know, playing in the PGA Tour is a big deal. But back then, it was like I'm living my dream. This is surreal. I'm looking and seeing Tiger Woods and. It's you know my lifelong dream is coming true. So, you know the PGA Championship was an, an amazing tournament to get in, just to get in as a rookie. And you know I I showed up there, and you know I I I didn't really expect that much, I guess. But I you know I went out there and I played spectacular golf and won the tournament, and it was just like it, it's just surreal even now to to think about. Um, I remember driving home with the Wanamaker in my, la- in my lap, you know, it was just there. And then I, I, I went home and it was super late cause you got to do a ton of media after you do that. And I had my, my mom and my sister and my little nephew were staying with me in the house and we sat around and, and ate cereal for dinner and had a couple Bud lights that were left over. And I went to bed <laughs> and then I with the trophy in my room and I, I remember waking up the next morning and there's the trophy it's sitting in my room it's just uh just like a, a pinch yourself like movie moment. It was really really amazing.
0: Well, you said every event was like a major to you, but I mean this was this was the real thing. This was a real major and your name's up there with like Francis we met, Horace Rollins, Willie Park. First first major you ever play and you win. That's huge.
1: Yeah, it was um it was amazing. I I I I, I found I always find for myself that once I get in contention and I got a legit chance to win where I'm not saying, you know, you're four shots back and you're, you know, a couple of the play I'm talking like you're in the lead or you're near the lead with nine to play or five to play. I always feel pretty comfortable. I'm less nervous then than I am coming down Friday and I got to make par to make the cut or something like that. It's just, and I think a lot of players would say, you know, you're, you're sort of, it's a different sort of nervous and I felt very comfortable that whole day, that whole week. And then, you know, I felt very comfortable in the playoff. I just, I just was going about my business and, um, you know, I, I won and it, it's a defining moment of my life.
0: Well, another defining moment when we were all pulling for you this year is, uh, the Zozo championship, uh, your first win since I believe 18, was it the, uh, BMW? yeah talk about that because I mean, I don't think there was a golfer watching that wasn't wasn't pulling for you. Talk about you know I, I don't know if there if there are any self doubts ever creep in or you, or or maybe sometimes you get like, oh, it's just not my time, it's not my time again, it's not my time again, but now it was your time talk- talk about that,
1: yeah well, you know the the a lot of people said and, and say you know I hadn't won since two thousand and eighteen and and you know but I had played a lot of really nice golf, uh, in and around that area, especially the last couple of years. Um, you know, earlier that this year, I had attended a bunch of times, you know, uh, Wells Fargo. And then I was right there at the U S open. I was right there at the players. So, you know, I, I put myself in position, um, but didn't, you know, close it off. I never was other than Wells Fargo, the U S open and the players, I was sort of chasing the whole time. And, and then, you know, at Zozo, I found myself in the lead, you know, with, with couple shot lead with nine to play. And again, I felt, um, I felt comfortable. I feel like as a, as a PJ tour player, if you, if you have a lead with nine to play, you should, you should feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. This is why we do it. It's why we practice. And, you know, I, I just felt very at ease that last day in Zozo. And I felt like this was my tournament. And you don't always get that, but that when you do feel that, that's when you, that's when you need to close this out. And I kept telling myself that coming down in the last couple of holes. Like, this is your tournament. Like, this isn't – you're not tied. Like, this, this is your tournament to win. You just need to go do it. And, um,
0: and we did it. I think it was that sweet spot you were talking about. Like you said, the comfortability when you're in the lead that this is, this is mine to have and I'm just going to go get it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've been playing on the tour for a while. I've, I've put myself in position. I've won big tournaments. So I, you know, in, in the back of your mind, you know, you can do it. And, um, and I just had felt like those earlier tournaments that I didn't win or, you know, close out, those are all part of the process, I think, to, once you win. I think you see a lot of guys that win and you look back at their schedule and over the last couple months, you know, here or there, they had some, a sniff at a win or two and, um, that kind of prepares you for the moment, and um, you know I had that. I, I also have you know an unbelievable caddy, Scotty Bale, and an unbelievable coach in Darren May, and we've been practicing, and and I felt like that was you know that's where I'm supposed supposed to be, and um, you know it, it it was a lot of fun.
0: Keegan Bradley joins us here today on the Worldwide Golf Shops Insider Podcast. Keegan, you're brought to us by uh, your friends and our friends at Cleveland Strixon. You've got a long relationship with those folks. Talk about that.
1: Yeah. I, so I was in, I was at St. John's um, and, you know, I would just play whatever clubs I could get. you know, I had that my dad would have a discount through a thing, through the, through a company. And it was, it was, um, it was tough because, you know, all the top players are getting all the clubs they want and they're, they're more custom and fit to them. And I, I didn't have that. And I met Mike Dumpy, who is a, uh, a person that works at Strixon, who's in charge of the college and the development department. And he took me on staff and gave me clubs, you know, that were sort of, you know, made and the shafts were made for me. And it was a major moment in my career to have that and to, to say, okay, Dump and Strixon in Cleveland, my, my hybrid doesn't feel right. Uh, the shaft's too whippy, or whatever it is, and they're like, "All right," and they dial it in, and that, that's a big help. And so, you know, I'm I'm close to 20 years with Cleveland Strixon, and I have a very close relationship with them. My my first um, Masters that I played in, or one one of my first, I had Mike Dumpy caddy for me in the par three because of you know how much he meant to me and my career, and I owe a lot to Strixon.
0: Well, let's take a walk. Take a slight walk through your bag of Strixon clubs and Cleveland wedges, and, and obviously the Strixon ball it starts with the irons. At Z, uh, you playing the ZX fives, I believe, and ZX sevens. Kind of a combo. Yeah, I play. So, on my um, yeah, my
1: in my uh, my iron, my pitching wedge through my six, I use the ZX seven, and then in my three, four, five, I use the ZX five, which is which are the bigger. The chunkier uh, irons that they just—they're so much easier to hit. I, I, I recommend all amateurs give those a go. I, I actually love them so much. I I made it up in a full set, but yeah, yeah, I was hitting them a little too far, so I went back. But they, you know, they're they're just unbelievable clubs. And I I play the um, Strixon Z Star Diamond, and I switched to that two weeks before uh, winning at Zozo and I. I've never been more excited about a golf ball in my life I just it's just really perfect for me and it's perfect it's great around the greens and I just uh, it's made a big difference i i'm I was talking to my coach the other day about how excited I am to have an entire year with this ball and uh, what it can do for me and um, it's just it's just a great golf ball and some and one that i'm I've never been this excited about uh, a, a golf ball or a piece of equipment in a long time maybe after
0: uh, Keegan, when you make a switch on the golf ball, like you go from, the like you said, to the Z-Star to the Z-Star Diamond, how long are you working on that? Or is it like you play it once or twice in a practice round and you go, this is it? I mean, is it that? can it be that quick? For For us,
1: the golf ball is the most important piece of our equipment. We base everything off the ball. So that would give you a little sense of how important and how much testing goes into uh, you know that. I, I don't try to make my clubs – like you, you get the ball right, and then you fit the the clubs to the ball. So the ball is the most important aspect of everything that we do. So hours and hours of testing, whether it be you know chips, putts, uh, iron shots, and then and then you look on the forecast and you see okay Thursday is going to blow twenty. All right, we got to have to do a ton of testing that day in crosswinds, into the wind, downwind, um, and then on Friday it's supposed to rain. All right, we got to go out there and, you know, see how this ball reacts in, in, in the rain. And when the grass is a little wet. Um, so, you know, we, luckily now we have so many pieces of equipment and technology to help us with that, whether it be track man or quad. And, you know, you can tell pretty quickly how this, how this ball fits you. And for me with the Z star diamond, I, there was no negatives. Sometimes you'll be like, "All right, this ball's really good off the tee, but I, I would like a little more spin around the green. But for me, this this diamond ball fit everything. It was a really easy switch for me, which is which is not always easy.
0: One more piece of equipment we didn't touch on, and when you think of Cleveland, you think of wedges, and you're playing the RTX ZipCore wedges, correct?
1: Uh, yes, of course. I've been using um, I've been using Cleveland wedges since I was probably about six years old. So I. I feel very lucky to be with the company that makes equipment like Shirk Cleveland does and especially the wedges. I think anybody would tell you that's played the game a long time that Cleveland golf, Shirkson, they make the best wedges and they always have. And um <clears throat> I'm I'm thankful to have that because, you know, it's such an important club in your bag and you know, they on the on the tour too we get it really dialed into the to the um soul that we like and um they're great.
0: Keegan, before we let you go, this is December when we're, uh, when we're recording this, so a few weeks away before we know it, it'll be uh, Hawaii. What are you working on now? Is it uh, anything with relations to your, your game? Is it strength? Is it mental? Uh, what are you working on kind of now in this kind of down period?
1: I'm actually out at the course right now. I pulled <laughs> I off to the guy to, to give you a call. But, um, you know, right now I took a little time off. Um, which I have never really been able to do in my career on the PJ tour. But um, you know, when I first get getting started, I really want to hammer down the fundamentals, whether it be grip alignment, um, you know, make sure everything in you know, my track man numbers, make sure everything is dialed in and where it needs to be there. And then I start to move on to yardages and, you know, um, yardage bands and trying to hit my numbers. And then, once I get there, once I get closer to Maui and the tournament, I'll start to try to play more. So, you know, I've, I've been able to, I have a sort of a process that I sort of, I just repeat. And, you know, but for me, the fundamentals are most important.
0: Hey, Keegan, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate the time. Uh, any final words for our listeners out there, your fans uh, listening in here on the Insider Podcast? Well, I hope, when is this going to air? I hope the Patriots have about
1: six more wins before this <laughs> airs. But, um, I'm thankful for the call, and um, thanks to everybody that uh, roots for me, and uh, go, Pat.
0: Thanks, Keegan. Best of luck in 23. We'll be pulling for you down the road, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we can do it again another time and celebrate another win. Thanks so much. Sounds good. Thank you. On that call, Keegan Bradley mentioned Mike Dunphy. With Shrixon Golf, we interviewed him years ago, and he mentioned that when uh, when Keegan had it going, when he had the irons going, they were they referred to it as the laser show. <laughs> he could stick those irons close. And, of course, there's Shrixon irons. Cleveland Shrixon, kind enough to bring us Keegan Bradley. Well, special thanks to Keegan Bradley for joining us and to you, our listeners. And we'll do it again next time. We have another episode of the Worldwide Golf Shops Insider Podcast here at WorldwideGolfShops.com. So long, everyone.